seated. Let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we ask that right now that you would begin to just close the door on the things that have hindered us to being open to the things that you want to do, our hurts, our, our heaviness of even the beginning of today before we got here, of, of later on, Lord, that's things that have happened earlier in the week. Father, would you just remove any of those things so right now we could be present in your presence. Right now our hearts and minds would be open for what you want to speak and do, that your word would be truth and your word would not come back void as we receive it into our hearts. Lord, we want to leave here different from the way we came in, and we want to say that as a result of being with you. Would you be with us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're on week four of the uh, five works of the Holy Spirit that we've been uh, going through as a sermon series that kicked off after Pentecost. And these five works are things that we should become familiar with as we're walking out a relationship with Christ. There's regeneration that we began with, and there's transformation, clarification. Today, we're going to talk about participation, and finally, justification. These, these five works. The five works, we're discovering how the Holy Spirit works in our life. Remember, it's, it's not God the Father, God the Son, and the other guy. Remember that, that it's the fullness of the Godhead active in your life. And we want to discover the fullness of who the Holy Spirit is in our life and what God has commanded. So for a quick recap, it begins at regeneration. That was week one. Regeneration, God brings man to a new life in Christ through his Holy Spirit. And what it says is that there's a new birth, that, that you become this new creation. It says you're born again. And actually, you're given a new identity in Christ. It says you are children of God. That's the regeneration moment. That's where it begins, this new found understanding of who he is in our life and this relationship we're called to have with him. We read in today, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Paul says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if who? Okay, just making sure you're with me. If anyone is in Christ, he's what, church? He's a new creation. Isn't that what I just said? Regeneration. He is a new creation. It says the old things have passed away. Isn't that good news? The old things have passed away. Behold, things have become new. That's regeneration, that things have become new. There's this change in that moment. Second was transformation that takes place. These are the works of the Holy Spirit in your life. Transformation is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. What that means is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life, it's conforming you and changing you to be like Christ, that we're conformed into his character, his likeness, and we're getting out of our old character, and we're becoming new in who he is, that we're becoming more and more like him. Isn't that good news, to be more and more like him? I want to be less and less like I used to be. I'm a new creation. I've discovered the power of his spirit in my life, and I want to be in that new creation, in that newness of who he is, to be conformed in his Im image. So we're being shaped into that character and that likeness of who Jesus is. Third was clarification. Clarification is Holy Spirit of truth guides us in all truth. Isn't it good to know where the truth lies? That we have a truth. The truth is that Jesus is who he said he is. That's the truth. His word is truth, and what it says is in truth we find freedom. 
that were brought to this place of freedom because of his truth. Jesus' plan was to empower his church with the Holy Spirit to change the world. Think about that. His plan was to empower church. Guess who church is? Us. He didn't empower a building. He's like, all right, building. He said, all right, people. I have a plan to empower you. Knowing what spiritual battles that would lie ahead of us, he gave us, he promised us the pouring out of his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit moves us from our natural abilities to his supernatural power. That's incredible when you get hold of that. I know what I can do in my own strength, and it's a little scary. But I've discovered what I can do in his strength, and that's exhilarating. That's life-changing. That's empowerment that comes from beyond what I could muster up or what I can strengthen. And the problem is that we often in life try to just keep doing those things in our own strength, yet we fail. Yet he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit in a supernatural way that's going to empower your lives to have an impact on all those around you. Jesus empowered his apostles not to be spectators, but to be participators in his kingdom plan. Here's his plan. I'm going to pour out my spirit. You're going to do greater works than I. Greater works than I. And as he told his apostles and he told his disciples, it didn't stop 2,000 years ago after he ascended to the Father and the Spirit was poured out. It was just the beginning. And you're in the midst of that continuum of what God's doing and pouring out his spirit upon his people. That it is meant to go forth that it's going to have an impact on those around us. That the Holy Spirit was given to us, it says, for a greater works. Which means that there's a greater work, there's a greater gift in each of you. There's something greater. You ever have that feeling that there was something more, that maybe something that just was unfinished in your life, that God might have wanted to do something else or something different? I asked those questions. I struggled for a long time. The problem was I was trying to make things happen in my natural and do them in my own strength. And I was chasing after the things of the world, not after the things of the kingdom of God. When I started to chase after the things of the kingdom of God, I realized I didn't have to do it in my own strength. But by his power, all of a sudden I realized that, that he had a plan that was greater, more excellent, that there was a greater work in my life, that there was a greater purpose in my life. And the reason the church is not leading the world is because it's not active in its spiritual gifts. That's when people look at the, at the church and they say, what's, what's the use? A bunch of people just get together and what do we need that for? And the problem is that the church has failed to be active in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that Jesus poured out upon his people. Fourth thing is participation as the works of the Spirit. This is all about you. Say amen. It's good. Good news, right? All right. We're talking about me now. Participation. Our spiritual gifts are used by the Holy Spirit for the building up of one another. That's the purpose of the gift, to have an impact on one another and to those around us. That's why the Spirit was poured out into our lives. So what, what, what do we do? The, the spiritual gift is poured out where? It's poured out into every believer's life. The spiritual gifts are not poured out to the unbeliever. Those who have not had a moment of regeneration and come to that living relationship with a loving God don't possess that supernatural power. Those who believe receive this power that he has to empower his church. 
So what does it look like to get a gift? You know those moments, Father's Day, right? Some of us are going to get maybe something special. Most of us are going to get stuff that was bought at CVS at the last minute, but that's okay. Here's that new shampoo you were looking for, Dad. It's not about the gift. But who doesn't like to get a gift? Do you know we serve a generous God who can't help but give us stuff? He can't help it. That's how much he loves us. And here he gives these gifts, and yet we're not embracing them. We're not laying hold of them. So there's three types of spiritual gifts. Now, I want to warn you. I don't know if you listen to Audible. I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but I listen to them a lot, and I listen to them on twice the speed. My family thinks I'm crazy. But what happens is your mind gets trained. So now you can crank through teachings or different things at a faster pace. Seems different at first. Now if you play it at a one speed, it sounds like they're talking too slow to me. What I'm going to give you is a rapid speed on spiritual gifts, and you're going to have to go back and maybe listen to it on one speed, okay? That you're going to inhale this or in, in digest this, what God wants to do, because the gifts are so important to us. There's three types of spiritual gifts. The first is a ministry gift. Second is a manifestation gift. Third is a motivational gift. These gifts are poured out upon the church. These gifts are not something that we possess. They are God's supernatural ability showing up in our lives in various ways. That's what these gifts are about. Not something we did. In the ministry gifts, God working through believers to serve others. And scripture tells us some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's found in Ephesians 4.11. It goes on in Ephesians 4.12, right from that verse, that these gifts are poured out to equip the saints of the work ministry for the building up of the body. That's the building up of one another. These were intentionally poured out. These ministry gifts were poured out upon the church for the building up and for the equipping. My job as your pastor is to make sure that you're equipped, that you're built up in the gifts that God has for you so that we can overtake the world. Isn't that cool? <laughs> World's got nothing on the kingdom of God. The problem is the kingdom of God's not active in its gifts, and we got to get busy. And God wants us to get busy. And these manifestations of the gifts that we're given. So my job is to make sure you're equipped, that you become that disciple that Christ has called you to be, to call that out of you, the very gift that he's given you because it's there. And that we have to recognize that and that equipping has to take place. Second is a manifestation gift. God working through us to bring joy and fruitfulness in each other's lives. That's the gift of the manifestations that take place. To bring forth this fruitfulness. To bring forth a joy in our lives. Scripture says it's wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, discernment, speaking in tongues, and interpreting tongues. You can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7-11. through 11. I'm giving you homework to go back and look them up. Well, here these gifts are discussed and given to us that we would understand all these gifts are given for the common good and the benefit of both the believer and actually, it says, the non-believer, those who haven't come to a regeneration moment. It's scriptures. Paul says, go prophesy to the unbeliever and tell them the truth of the kingdom of God. And let, let that seed, let that word fall in their hearts. But these gifts are given for both in the church and outside the church. And that we're to be active in these gifts, that we're to have these manifestation gifts visible in our lives. Third are motivational gifts. Motivational gifts is the un underlining, uh, driving force causing us to do the things the way that we do them. There's these motivational gifts. 
It's a driving force causing us to do the things we do the way we do them. These are the things that we do the way we do them, that there's something there already. And those gifts speak of prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, and showing mercy. These are gifts that we can actually say some gifts that came natural. If you're in medicine and you bring healing, there's a gift that came natural, a desire in your heart to bring healing into others' lives, to discover a way of doing it. If you're an educator or a teacher, there was something in your life that wanted to educate, wanted to teach. And that, honestly, I would say that wasn't even your natural ability because God made you who you are, and he put that in you from the beginning of time. In the beginning of time, he gave you those desires and those giftings in the natural that he actually says, I'm going to take that, baptize it, and do supernatural things. And that's what we should understand when we're looking at these gifts, that there's these motivational gifts that take place. And we're, we're, we're giving, where we're leading, leading in industry, leading in our homes, leading those around us, where we have a gift of mercy that's active in our life. And we can find all of these in Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8 where we discover these motivational gifts that take place. And, and if you look at the things that you do, examine the why behind them. Look at the things you do. Examine the why behind them. This is how you'll identify which one you're motivated by. What's that motivational gift? You know, often we look to other gifts, and we think that those gifts of the manifestations are the, the higher gifts. Those are the better gifts. Those are the gifts but one spiritual gift is not better than the other. All the gifts are given to the body of Christ. All those gifts are equally used. That where we think, well, he has a gift of prophecy, or they have a gift of healing, or they have a gift of discernment, and we elevate these gifts. But the problem is the gift's not about the person, it's about the king. And, and we try to make it about the person, but it's not about the person. Matter of fact, I tell you, probably the underrated gift is a gift of mercy that you don't see but yet it's given in people's lives. And they have this gift of mercy, and they're used for the kingdom of God. Do you know why the gifts are given to us? The gifts are given to us to reach the outsider and build up the insider. That's why the gifts are given. The outsider are those who don't know the Lord. The outsider is our family, our friends, our community, our workplace, our neighbor, those that we encounter. They, they're outside the kingdom if they've not come to a relationship. The insiders is we heard the good news and responded. So we're meant to use these gifts to reach those on the outside, and then how about building one another up with them as well? That's what it's supposed to look like. But there's one gift greater. It's a greater gift we must strive for first, and it will lead us in a more excellent way. Wouldn't it be awesome to go in a more excellent way? You want to know what that greatest gift is? I'm not going to tell you. No, I'm just kidding. There's one greatest gift. And spiritual gifts are essential for the building up of the body of Christ. But there's one greater gift, and it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, but strive for the greatest gifts. Where can we strive? For the greatest gifts. And I will show you still a more excellent way. Strive for that gift, but the, there's a building up. These spiritual gifts are a building up. They're essential to the body of Christ, but there's only one that's the greatest gift. There's only one that's the greatest that we have to understand, and the greatest gift is the most important gift. You know what the greatest gift and the most important gift that we were given? It was God's love for us. It was his gift of love. That was the greatest gift that was ever given. God has given us his love. It's the greatest gift, and we love because he first loved us. I couldn't get my act together enough. When my act was together, that wasn't good enough. It doesn't matter about my past. It doesn't matter about any of those things that God loved me just the way I was, just who I am, just who he created me. 
But there came a moment where I had to, I had to understand that love. I had, I had to recognize that love. And that love was poured out on the cross. And that love has continued to be poured out today, but we have to respond to it. But that's the greatest gift. Without love, all our actions are futile, and all those gifts are empty. Amen. They're useless without love. Why? Because we're doing it in our own strength. Amen. Watch what I can do, God. He's like, oh, yeah? Good luck with that. Watch what I can do. It's that same power. Did you hear the gospel reading? In the midst of a storm, he commanded the wind. It's the same God who spoke creation into being. It's the same God with that same power that's alive in your life. Amen. And the problem is either we're afraid of it, we don't know how to activate it, you know, maybe there's a hesitation, what will I have to give up? Oh, everything. And it will be the best move you ever made in your entire life. It will take you out of a natural place of making things happen to a supernatural realm. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 13, three things that will last forever. You know what they are, church? Faith, hope, and love. And he says, matter of fact, you know what the greatest of these are? Love. And we have to get that right first. How will you use the spiritual gifts the Lord has given you? More importantly, is love the driving motivation behind the gifts you're given? Is that the more excellent way that's driving you forward in your life? Listen, here at Intercessor, we have a mission. We have a vision. We have values. We've outlined what God has spoken to us, and we're going to be faithful to those very things that he called us to do. But what you have to understand is the people of God in this community of Christ, we have a mission. And that mission before us is to love God, is to love people and build disciples. It's not something we created anew. It comes right out of the scripture of what Jesus sent his disciples to do, his apostles, the continuing of those gifts that we're to do. And when we encounter the love of God, it guides us to love people. We love people by using our spiritual gifts. And that's where he guides us. That's where he leads us. And we are working towards the mission for one another is how do we love God? How do we love those people and how do we build disciples? The evidence of a church that is activated in their spiritual gifts is the building up of disciples. That's the fruit. That's what you see. That's the evidence. That's when you move from spectator to participator. And here's a church that we're going to build, a church of participators, not spectators. That's the church we're going to build because we're called to be disciples. It doesn't start at following the conclusion is to be activated in your gifts and be the disciple. The evidence is those who are becoming disciples of Christ as we're building that up in one another. So what do we do? What do you do with all this? Father Brett, you're killing me. You gave me a whole bunch of information. What am I supposed to do with all this? It's easy. It's really easy. First thing you need to know is that God loves you. Amen. And you can't do anything about it. Well, I guess you can. You can reject it or receive it. Those are the two things you could do. Here's the second thing you need to know. I love you. Amen. And I pray for you. Right. And you need to know that love first. Second, pray. And ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what those gifts are. What are those manifestation gifts? What are those ministry gifts? What are those gifts that I'm called to do each day, the motivational gifts you have? And he'll reveal it to you. The Spirit will reveal you those very gifts that you have in your life, and you begin to be activated and begin to walk in them, begin to use them. Third, you could take a spiritual gifts chest, and that's cheating because it's quicker and easier. 
fill out a little spiritual gifts test, and then all of a sudden you'll see things that come up. Some of you may have done that before. So we've provided a spiritual gifts test to be available to you to help you discover what the gifts are. Parents, have your children take them. Why would you make them wait? When they're old enough, have them take them. Sit around the dining room table and you guys talk about what are these gifts? What do they mean? There's an interpretation of them. And begin collectively working them through one another, not gifts that you're supposed to use on your own, the gifts that we come together collectively with. So if you have our app, you got a notification. I hope you're not ignoring our notifications. In the app, it's a notification with a link. Click on it, and there's a link to a spiritual gifts test. You can click on that, and you can take it. If you're here, we've updated our announcement page. On the announcement page is a link for spiritual gifts. There's a card in front of you with a QR code. You take your phone, you put it up to it, you can press on it, you can go to that link. Here's what I want to help you do. Equip the saints for the building of the kingdom of God. That's my job, okay? To do that, we got to get active in our gifts. If you don't know your gifts, you got to discover them. And you got to take a step forward and beginning to experience. And here's what I can promise you. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That means there's a harvest all around us. Guess what? We're all the workers. And we got to do that in his power, not ours. So we need to know our gifts. We need to know what they are. If you follow those directions, it'll lead you to where you go. And then you're going to share with us what God is doing in those gifts. And we're going to get those gifts activated and moving in the power of his kingdom work. See, it's in the using of these gifts of grace that will experience a deeper love of the Father. That's where you experience the next level of what love is, is using the gifts. It's in using these gifts of grace that church will become visible to the world around us. And ultimately, when the people of God are active in the gifts of the Spirit, the possibilities are endless. Now I want you to close your eyes a minute. Just imagine. Get before the Lord right now. Just imagine what the Lord might want to do with the gift he gave you. Then just imagine the gift he gave you and the person sitting next to you and the person behind you and those who are watching online and he begins to take all those unique gifts that he's given and he's poured out his power upon the church, not for us individually, but for us collectively. And he's saying, I'm pouring out those gifts upon my people to become visible to the world, to be that witness to pour out gifts of mercy, of grace, to lead those around us, to be encouraging, to teach, to, to serve. So just imagine what that can look like. Imagine the possibilities. Just imagine what the Lord will do with the gifts he's given us individually and he's given us collectively. So Father, I pray right now by the power of your spirit, release your gifts among your people. And Lord, where there was fear, put faith in front of it, Lord where there's hesitation, where there's, Lord, doubt that you would begin to move us forward and release those very gifts that you have planned for your people. Now, here's what you need to hear and know. You can't be active in these gifts and you can't work through these five works of the Holy Spirit in your life if you haven't first come to that saving knowledge of who Christ is. The regeneration moment has to happen first for every one of us. And you have to make a decision and that decision, Peter says, right after Pentecost, he preached the gospel. The gospel was, hey, listen, you've got to repent and turn from your ways, that you've missed the mark. And if you're willing to turn from your ways, he says, I promise you, there's a time of refreshing in your life unlike you've ever experienced. You know what the refreshing is? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit and that power being released in your life. And you have to make a decision. 
And you know by grace through faith that Jesus has made a way for an eternal relationship with the Father, that we could be with him in his perfect love for all eternity. But we have to make a decision. He doesn't force that upon us. And I don't know where your heart is here. I don't know with those who are watching. But what I can tell you is if you open your heart to receive him, you could know him in that way. And these gifts become active in your life. So here's what I want you to do. Just pray and ask him into your life. You can repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. And here's what you gotta do. You gotta tell someone about it. It's the most important thing. If you're online, you can let us know right now. You're in person, you can let a host know on the way out. And what we're committed to you with you is the pathway of discipleship that you'll get on that journey. You'll discover God's power, God's plan, and God's purpose for your life. Amen? Peace of the Lord be with you. Just acknowledge one another with the sign of God's peace.